feel like we should have known this already Were we even taught this at all? everybody and welcome to Will This Be On The Test? I'm Maddie. And I'm Austin. And we're here today to talk about some things we should have learned in school but didn't learn, didn't learn fully, or didn't learn correctly. And sometimes we just don't want to talk about things because it's been a bad week. It's been a very bad week. Like, ugh, I'm sure like everyone's been watching news and is just kind of sick and hates everything right now. Yeah, yeah, uh... For those of you listening in the future, this is the week that uh, Rob Elementary School was shot up in Texas. And then on top of that, shit has been going awry in our own house. But that is nothing compared to what those families and children and everybody. So um, policy and change. Yeah. Because I guarantee you that a lot of those families prayed every night. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to dive into it this week, I I think. I think we are. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. We finished the circle. We're not going to give anything away, but I will say I would like a reality show that is Yuling and Frank's uh, going on adventures, having a travel series. I would, I would absolutely watch them go into the French Riviera. And I need Yuling to come and teach me how to do makeup. And I need Frank to just follow me around and make me feel great about myself. Yeah. And I need that Nathan Alex guy to just not ever appear in my life again yeah he was like he wasn't noxious but he was like kind of obnoxious obnoxious um and also trevor can just show up whenever he wants let's be honest here even Austin oh yeah thinks so oh my god he was so funny as a good looking man yes yes he <laughs> yes he is but we will not give away anything in fact what we just said gives away nothing other than names of people on the show yes and who we like the best and the least mm-hmm. so because it's been a bad week, I thought rather than strictly follow the nature of our podcast, we're going to talk about things you should have learned in school. I'm going to talk about something that you could have learned in school if you were taking the right kind of class. So, I mean, um, technically, we could have learned all of these things in school, and people just chose to not teach them. We're, yeah. we're not allowed to teach them. Yeah, this is uh, these are facts that exist and could have been taught in the school. So, you know what? I'm going to say it counts this week because, man, oh, man, my brain needed a break, and I wanted to talk about something I enjoy a lot. And uh, I'm going to talk about a cultural icon that just brings me some great joy. Taylor Swift. Uh, Even bigger. Lady Gaga. So much bigger. Barack Obama. He's 50 meters tall and he's from Japan. I'm talking about Godzilla. When I was in high school, I used to compete against a guy in forensics in informative speaking who did a speech about Godzilla and he ended up by yelling, run. Oh, no. It was a, uh, he called me the Mike the Headless Chicken Girl, so I, I have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I'm talking about the movies where the guy in the giant rubber lizard suit fights monsters in a scale model of Tokyo. And um, I am not going to talk about any of the American remakes, especially not the 90s one with Matthew Broderick. I pretend it never happened. It doesn't exist. I don't know why I always assumed it was claymation or something like that. No, it's a guy in a suit. I mean, I guess that's the same for the Power Rangers, though. Like back in oh, the yeah. day, yeah, that was um, it was it was a big thing in Japan. It's like we'll build we'll scale all the city. We'll put guys in these costumes and they'll fight, and we'll have special effects and there'll be puppets. It was all pretty cool. And 
Godzilla is actually a fantastic piece of social commentary, and it has some real substance to it. Because there, even though there have been nearly 70 years of sequels, reboots, comics, TV shows, toys, video games, and knockoffs of Godzilla, like there is a North Korean movie uh, direct, that uh, the former dictator Kim Jong-il made. I remember Kim Jong-il. Well, he uh, was a big Godzilla fan, and he made his own Godzilla. Now, was he the Disney fan, or is that Kim Jong-un? I think that's Kim Jong-un. Because like, they have Disney parades. Yeah. Uh, to be clear, I do not believe they are endorsed by Disney. I don't think they are either. It's like, you know, especially until recently, Disney would take things pretty far in order to make a buck, but I don't think they were ever like, yay, North Korea. Yeah, yeah seriously, it was a movie called Pulgasari, and it was kind of like a story a folk story from Korean history that he turned into a communist morality tale about a giant monster and it's confusing and bad and like it's also free on YouTube. I don't recommend paying money for it, but it exists. If you want to watch it, it exists. It's weird. A lot of this sounds like just my life and our podcast is also free on YouTube. So and it, it also exists and it's weird, but it probably isn't directly uh, giving putting money in the pockets of a dictator. So I mean, we have no way of proving that. And now a word from our sp- sponsor, North Korea. <laughs> We're being sponsored by North Korea. All now? of North Korea. The glorious democratic people's public of Korea. Yes, where they have nothing but abundant food. Have you have you seen the fronts of their grocery stores? Yes. Uh, in fact, I saw a fat child standing in front of a grocery store. And the fact that they all have the same haircuts is because that's what's in style. Yes. I mean, the worst part about getting a haircut is saying, ugh, what do I want? It's so much better when you have a government-selected list of haircuts to choose from. So, as our sponsor North Korea says, listen, or else. Now back to the show. Yeah, but I'm going to talk about the original Godzilla, the one made back in 1954. That's like older than our parents. Yeah. And for those of you who have never seen the first Godzilla movie. Like me. I'm going to just do a super quick rundown of the plot. Uh, After some ships are mysteriously destroyed and fishing yields drop to zero, some people report seeing a giant monster. A paleontologist named... uh, Kyohei Yamane is sent to investigate after a giant radioactive footprint is discovered. So the footprint itself is radioactive? Yes, it is. It's not like the footprint of radioactivity left behind after an incident? It is a footprint that is radioactive. Uh, They discover it is actually a 50 meter tall monster that the locals uh, had a myth about a giant sea monster called, called Godzilla. And so that's why they call it Godzilla. Um, And it turns out that this monster was awakened by underwater hydrogen bomb testing in the South Pacific, and it came to Japan. Is it radioactive because of the hydrogen bomb testing or because it's just radioactive? Because because of the hydrogen bomb testing. Okay. Uh, The government spends a while debating about what to do with it. Uh, Yamane wants to, like, study it to figure out how it's so resistant to radiation, and maybe there is like some treatment or a secret to like surviving radiation that this monster could reveal, but they decide they want to destroy it instead. Uh, They try to destroy it with ships by dropping depth charges on it. Uh, That doesn't work. It surfaces and destroys part of the city. Uh, They try to stop him with an electrified fence, 
that doesn't work. Then he goes around and stomps around the city. Uh, then they try and stop him with jets and tanks and soldiers, and that doesn't work, and they can't kill him. So, and with each attack, more and more is destroyed, and hospitals start to fill up with the injured, and people are suffering from radiation poisoning from how much radiation this monster is getting off and his radioactive fire breath. This is like way more dramatic than I expected it to be. I feel like I've seen one of the more recent ones or parts of it. I don't remember anything radioactive. I remember it just being like a, I'm a monster. Yeah, it's uh, like in the 50s sci-fi, everything was about radiation. I I think that's kind of like how everything right now is about AI and computers. Because... We are just too used to radiation at this yeah. point. We've adapted to it. Not not literally, just, yeah. But there's a scientist, uh, Serizawa, who is um, Yamane's daughter's uh, ex-boyfriend. And she left him for a rugged and adventurous sea captain at the start of the movie. That's how I ended up with Austin. I Wait, you think I'm a rugged and adventurous sea captain? That's what you put in your Tinder bio. I was just standing on a cardboard cutout of a boat. Uh, you used the words rugged, adventurous, and sea captain. Did I miss the word not? Yes. You- <sighs> Damn my dyslexia. Yeah, it's like, oh, cool. He's a ton of re- rugged, exe- adventurous sea captains. That's amazing. You know, as an update from our sponsor, North Korea, it makes more sense now. Because as we can see... Austin has lost his non-regulation beard, and he looks way less rugged and sea captainy, as North Korea has proclaimed. Back to the show. Back to the show. But uh, it turns out Sarazawa has been working on a secret project, a weapon called the Oxygen Destroyer. It's a weapon that destroys oxygen, duh, but it suffocates and decays all life around it. But Sarazawa fears that the weapon is too horrifying, and if it's used in war, that would be on his conscience. He cannot have this weapon be used, so he destroys all of his notes because he doesn't want this weapon revealed to the world. But uh, uh, Yamane's daughter and Yamane convince Sarazawa to use the weapon to kill Godzilla. Uh, and when, he, when they dive to the ocean floor where he's sleeping to plant this bomb to kill him, uh, Sarazawa cuts his oxygen supply while he's down there and when the bomb goes off that way he dies with it and the secret to this horrifying weapon dies with him and they killed Godzilla but at the end of the movie Yamane says that he is worried that continued atomic bomb testing could awaken another monster and that's where the movie ends by another monster do they mean the world and the arms race Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of symbolism in this movie, as Maddie's already picking up on. I got A's in English class, guys. Yeah. So what was it about this 1954 Godzilla movie that spoke to so many people? Uh, this wasn't even like the first big mon- monster movie to feature a giant monster rampaging through a city. Uh, King Kong came out 21 years earlier. King Kong is from the 30s? King Kong is from 1933. That's like... Not long after Snow White. Like, Snow White was either 31 or 33. And uh, I mentioned King Kong for a reason. We're going to get back to that in a second. So, for us to understand why this movie had such an impact and lasting appeal, we need to look at two things. A little bit of film analysis and a lot of bit of what was going on in Japan at the time. We'll We'll start talking about the film. Because usually, like, monsters in media, especially giant monsters, 
represent a widespread or large or existential fear. Uh, but not always. Sometimes a Sharknado is just a Sharknado. And sometimes a Christmas tornado is just a Christmas tornado. And sometimes a fire cyclone is just a fire cyclone. Yep. Guys, we went deep into IMDb last night. We did. So, like, speaking about these fears, uh, King Kong was a giant ape from Africa that was taken from his home by force on a boat. And when he got free in the city, all he wanted to do was destroy things and kidnap a pretty white woman. This movie, again, came out in the 1930s when uh, segregation and Jim Crow was on the sharp rise in America and the KKK was gaining a lot of popularity. And there had been movies come out that had come out recently, like, you know, Birth of a Nation, that where this was a major theme in it. So with that bit of information, it becomes kind of obvious what fear people were expressing the movie King Kong was about. That and there, okay. Are we talking a fear that black people are dangerous? Or are we talking about a fear that um, we're going to face consequences for our actions by kidnapping people? Uh, the fear that black people are dangerous. All right, I recommend that you guys go back and listen to my three-part series on the history of black film because this is a recurring theme in a lot of it. But I'm pissed to hear that King Kong, which we keep remaking movies of, is part of this. Yeah. So um, sorry if I ruined your favorite monkey movie. Um, no, I've never seen it. Uh, it's not my favorite monkey movie. My favorite monkey movie is Duncan Dunstan checks in. in or possibly uh, MVP most valuable primate starring Matt LeBlanc. This is real. This is real. It's a chimpanzee that plays baseball and it's got Matt LeBlanc in it. I thought you would know about this movie already. I did not. Um, is it? Okay, but it's not Marcel. It's not Marcel. This is a chimpanzee. Oh, it's not it's been a while since Ross and anybody else have come up. No. Okay, guys. PSA, do not own an exotic animal that you're not supposed to own, including an adorable capuchin monkey. Yep, they poop everywhere. All right. Marcel pooped in the shoe, and that caused a whole lot of problems. And yes, don't get a, don't get a monkey. So if we think about this like, idea about what these fears represent, and we look back at what was going on in Japan, the fears that this monster spoke to become fairly obvious. Uh, on the surface, this is a movie, a children's movie, about standing up to bullies. King Kong is? Godzilla. Oh, sorry. I was still stuck on just what you just told me. I was still processing that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, on the surface, Godzilla is a children's movie about standing up to bullies. And it is also a war movie without actually being a war movie. Because, you know, um, uh, this was 1954, and there's a lot of stuff in living memory that people might not want to revisit. Now I'm stuck in the fact that Godzilla was a children's movie. I always thought it was kind of like an action horror situation. Oh, no, it's lo beloved by children. I mean, I know kids love Godzilla, but I didn't know it was intended to be that. More, it's like it was the 50s. We didn't care about emotional. Yeah. Well, granted, though, like Austin, weren't we both just made tougher people because of Bambi? <laughs> never saw it. You've never seen Bambi? Is that because you used to kill little deers and you knew that this I have was all killed, your fault? I have killed so many deer. I am the villain from Bambi's story. Actually, yes. I, I literally am, actually. Yeah, okay. he, he used to hunt. Yeah. You are the villain in Bambi. Yeah. But the creators of this had a, like, a message that really was cemented in this movie from its start, from its inception. And it's also a big part of its lasting popularity because Godzilla is about the atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we all know, I didn't even talk about it, 
what had happened less than a decade before Godzilla premiered in the cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah, that was in the last couple of months that he did that episode. So if that interesting. Over a year ago. No, that was recent. It was in 2020. 2020 is still happening. No one will convince me that we are not still in 2020. <laughs> like That's actually the official name of Purgatory. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of like just ongoing concern about atomic about atomic weapons because of the bombings at Hiroshima, Hiroshima and Nagasaki and just the radiation, the health problems that were persisting in people all from that. But there's another incident that you might not know about. That was the direct, um, that was the direct like kind of uh, inspiration for a lot of Godzilla. And that was the Daigu Fukuryu Maru incident. Uh, it's a name of a ship. It literally translates to Lucky Dragon number five. Okay, I was trying to think Maru, because I know that word. Yep. So on March 1st, 1954, uh, 23 men were on board the Daigu Fukuryu Maru, and they got caught in the fallout of the Castle Bravo nuclear test on Bikini Atoll. Dude... I have so many thoughts on all the Bikini Island stuff. I oh, won't get into it, but oh my no, god. Tr- the, it's a segment that's coming up in a minute. Don't worry. We'll talk about it a little bit. But it's, I don't want to. I hate that. Yeah. So uh, the ship's uh, fishing master was on deck and later recorded in his log that the frightening things he saw and heard. There was a, uh, there was a bright flash like the sun had risen, uh, but it was way too early for dawn. And it's like some felt like something was dangerous. The crewmen were like, oh, what was that? They were shocked suddenly all over the West as if it, it was like the sky caught fire in the West. Then there was nine minutes later, a roaring sound like overlapping avalanches, an awful sound like the Marshall Islands are sinking as angry waves into the sea. Can you just imagine like you're just chilling out in your boat and all of a sudden the sky is on fire? Now, mm-hmm. the crew was very familiar with what an atomic bomb was and knew exactly what they had just witnessed. Uh, but this was not entirely, but not entirely because this was a new type of atomic bomb, the hydrogen bomb mm-hmm. that was several magnitudes more powerful than the bombs dropped in World War II. Mm-hmm. Now the U S had actually announced they were doing this test and this crew was aware that they were in the vicinity of a test, but they were well within the designated safe area. The lie detector detector test determined that that was a lie. But the United States had greatly underestimated the strength of the bomb and did not fully account for the weather moving radioactive dust from the explosion further outside of the quote-unquote safe zone. And the fact that water makes waves. Yeah. Yeah. So... Even though this boat was out of the dangerous area, they were still caught in the fallout and were coated in radioactive dust and ash. This is actually the incident where the term fallout became widely used. Neat. Yeah. Um, For the crew, the radiation poisoning symptoms began within the day. Jesus. Uh, Within a week on their journey home, because it's a long trip, and they were a tuna ship, so they're not a fast boat. Uh, They... Uh, they had bloody ulcers where they where the ash had touched their skin. Their hair was falling out, and most of them were incapacitated with cramps and diarrhea. Uh, they did realize that this was radio that this was radiation poisoning that they were suffering from. So they dumped their contaminated fish so that it was make, they would they would not make their way back into the market. 
And uh, even though the United States insisted that, no, there was no danger to fish in the area, we did ban the import of fish from the area. It's like, and what else are they supposed to do, you know, because now they've got, you know, radioactive fish that they dumped into the water that other sea creatures are going to eat. But at the same time, they don't want anything to accidentally end up where it shouldn't be. There is not a good response here. Yeah, they dumped them in the middle of nowhere, so hopefully it was fine, but who knows? There is no such thing as the middle of nowhere in the ocean. Yeah. The crew was hospitalized for 14 months following the incident. Uh, But miraculously, 22 of the 23 crew survived. But in the following years, they had frequent health problems and a staggering rate of cancer. What is with you and radioactive shit? I'm talking about Godzilla and apparently it gets dark. Like you did Radium Girls. You did Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Like... Everything is... And don't forget Marie Curie. Everything is radiation with you. Are you trying to, like, warn me about something? We've been doing this for three years. That's, like, a little over one episode a year. Mm, I feel like there have been more. Uh, There was just outrage across all of Japan about this. The Japanese people felt like America was using them as guinea pigs in their nuclear experiments. Uh, And that America would spend so much time and effort developing these weapons, but did nothing to make better treatments for people with, as they called it, atomic sicknesses. Mm. Uh, A movement to actually ban nuclear weapons from Japan grew out of this outrage. And Japan has explicitly banned all nuclear weapons from uh, being deployed on the island in Japan. And by their own laws, they cannot develop their own nuclear weapons. So Japan doesn't have nuclear weapons. Japan does not have nuclear weapons, and they are opposed to them even being like deployed in Japan, even though they are one of our allies. They do not let us like have our weapon, our nuclear bombs on their islands. I'm surprised they didn't ban Americans. Yeah, yeah, and, and this is still a widely popular policy in Japan. Uh, Seventy years after this, uh, later, like it's taken the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the North Korean bomb and missile tests and escalating tensions with China over Taiwan and the South China Sea and what they're doing there. Uh, they're, they're just now like saying, like we might have to bring this up for debate if we're going to continue to do this. But the popular opinion is still no atomic weapons on Japan. Yeah, Japan has managed to become and maintain its status as a world power without being like, you don't do what we say, we're going to nuke you. Yeah. So uh, when I, back when I was... When I was talking about this movie, uh, the direct inspiration for this movie was this incident, especially in the opening part where the fishing boats are lost and there's the radiation. Uh, That is Godzilla is basically these tests that we didn't know about that were killing our fishermen and killing fish. Then as the movie uh, goes on, Godzilla becomes like the atomic bomb in more obvious ways. Uh, The sudden destruction, conventional weapons were helpless to stop him. And the hospitals filled up with sick and injured people. But it's like, this is also interesting. Even though Godzilla is a symbol for the destruction and horror of atomic weapons, he is also very clearly a victim suffering from them as well. His skin on on the costume was designed to resemble burns from blast victims. And he was woken up by the bombs and driven out of his home. So this kind of goes back to a major theme of our podcast, which is nobody is truly good or truly evil except for Hitler. Yes. And by the way, th- again, we talked, we hit this earlier, but 
the Marshall Islands and Bikini Atoll, where these tests were done, um, these were not uninhabited islands. Uh huh. The islanders were forcibly evicted, didn't understand what America would do to their home, and they suffered for decades uh-huh. after this. And when they were sent back, it was still dangerously radioactive and they had health problems. And, it's pretty fucked up. And we used goats as part of the testing process, which I know is minor compared to that, but I love goats. And one of my big memories where I got angry in high school was we had just watched this video about all of this. And let's be clear, it did not mention pretty much any of the bad stuff. It was all like, look at the cool stuff we did for science. And there was like, Except for they were like, except that we also apparently didn't tell our soldiers over there what was happening exactly. So a lot of them got sick. I think some of them even had like their girlfriends and shit oh, there. Yeah. Um, but they, it, the the army said the area was clear. <clears throat> but in later years, they realized, oh, there were more than 100 ships in the dangerous area from this test. Well, like this there were one test. There were we videos of the of, of the guys who were setting everything up for these tests, like playing in the water and shit. Like it was a party. Um, but my teacher, I was like saying like, I was just having a conversation with her about this video. And she goes, I guess you could say those goats were real scapegoats. And I looked at her and then I glanced over at the roadkill squirrels in her freezer. And no, I am not making that up. And I walked out of the room. I just, I just flat out walked out of her room. I see you. I remember you. I know your name. Then, so after this, we also get to one of the other things in this. Uh, Dr. Serizawa and his oxygen bomb. He had developed a horrifying weapon and did not want it used. Uh, Again, this is also pretty obvious symbolism when you look at the Japanese opinions about nuclear weapons. He used this weapon to stop Godzilla, but did everything he could up into nobly sacrificing himself to make sure this would never be used as a weapon of war. So yeah, that's... I know there were some of the guys who developed these bombs in the first place who were like, um... Yeah. This was not our intention, or this was not our goal, or we were just doing science, and you guys made it bad. Yeah. So <laughs> And some of them were like, yes, bombs, because... Like, yeah. they're just the sentiment of, these weapons should not have been developed, and they certainly should never have been used in war. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's... There's also some other, like, weird symbolism in this movie that I just wanted to talk about a little bit because it made me laugh. Okay. There's another scene... That doesn't make a lot of sense when you're watching it because it's just like Godzilla is stomping along and he's not even being attacked by anything. And he there's this building that's in front of him I don't recognize. And he pauses for a second, then he stomps through it. Uh, this building was the National Diet Building. Now, diet in this instance means a legislative body, not a building dedicated to weight loss. Speaking of weight loss, let's talk about our sponsor, North Korea. <laughs> Uh, I would actually love to see Godzilla crush Goop headquarters. But yes, uh, the North Korea diet of just don't eat. If you don't have food, you can't eat food. The only one who gets food is the fat child in front of the grocery store. North Korea, listen or else. It's mandatory. All right. And this may shock you, but there was some resentment towards the legislature at the time about them not taking action on pressing issues. Then, a pressing issue, i.e. Godzilla, uh, that cannot be ignored, stomps through the building. This scene, according to a source I saw, was applauded in theaters at the time. 
And as an American screaming into the void about our own government not taking action at a deadly problem no other country seems to struggle with, I can relate to this scene. Maybe we need to uh, hire Godzilla. (laughs) The only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is Godzilla. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's my little thing about Godzilla. Uh, I guess in conclusion, go watch Godzilla. It's a fun little movie, even though it's nearly 70 years old. It mostly holds up. It's black and white. Like, the special effects seem hokey now, but, like, they're still pretty cool. It's watchable. It's fun. And, yeah. Or if you don't watch Godzilla, just right now, go watch a movie that makes you happy, no matter what it is. It's been a tough couple of weeks, and I think we all need just a moment to take a break from our lives and just enjoy something. We recommend Con Air as a good another choice. That's a great movie. Or any Nicolas Cage uh, the unbearable, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yeah, is so good. It is legit watch it. good. So funny, and you'll get to see a clip from Con Air in it. So yeah, are you ready for questions? I just realized I forgot to write my own. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, how careless the United States was with their nuclear testing beyond the test. You're hilarious. Will North Korea trying to make their own Godzilla movie beyond the test? Yes, and we will talk about how wondrous it was. Yes. Will government inaction resulting in being resulting in people being crushed by Godzilla be the government buildings being crushed by Godzilla be on the test? In a film studies class, absolutely. Yeah. Will the fact that the Godzilla costume weighed over 220 pounds and had parts of it made of poured concrete be you on the test? You didn't mention that. I didn't, but I read that fact and I had to put it somewhere. Well, that's is that It will be on-, be on the test and then I'll get mad because I'll be I'll get it wrong. You know, life and tests about Godzilla aren't always fair. Like, I had a bad grade in a class, in linguistics class in college, because he taught completely different stuff than what was in the textbook, and then gave us tests exclusively over the textbook. That's hilarious and awful. Yeah, especially because we didn't know that ahead of time. So, yeah, I'm done. All right. Well, we're switching gears a little bit here. This is coming out on June 1st, I think. Yeah. And what happens in June? But Father's Day. Oh, Father's Day. I always forget about Father's Day. So do I, but uh, my dad's been been gone for many, many years. So I don't, I don't have to think about it a whole lot. <laughs> um, I remember last year they had a commercial that was like, now you can welcome your dad back into your home. Weren't you missing him? Didn't you want to? Weren't you looking forward to the day you could welcome him back? And I yelled at the TV, no, I am not letting zombie dad in. My dad would have found it funny. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, Well, a couple of years ago, because we've been doing this for a couple of years, um, I talked about Mother's Day. It was in May. You can find it. Um, So I guess time to talk about Father's Day. And it's an afterthought, just like Father's Day. The holiday is now. (laughs) I'm not going to go back over Mother's Day, except to say it became a commercial holiday in 1908 and was made official as the second Sunday in May in 1914. That's all you need to know for any context on this, except for the fact that Fathers Today, any articles I could find written by dads about this topic was, please stop. Yeah, I've gathered like from most of my friends who have kids is they don't like Father's Day. They would rather just do anything else. Yeah, uh, the thing I gather from most of them is either can we just have Parents' Day or we pull out all the stops for moms and then we're an afterthought, which proves that we are still not considered an equal parent, even if we are the primary parent. Or 
can we just hang out with you guys? We really don't want these presents. We just want to like watch a game or go play pinball or eat spaghetti. Like, all, and they're also like, can you please stop reinforcing stereotypes by saying things like we want to watch a game? It's like, oh, you just want to grill things and fall asleep on the couch. Honestly, though, Austin. I mean, that sounds like a great day. I know. So Father's Day has been around since at least the 15th century. The what? Largely because of the Catholics. Are you saying that Christopher Columbus might have celebrated Father's Day? With his half Columbus, half llama babies? Oh, yeah. Um, we, uh, We are pretty sure that Christopher Columbus had sex with a llama. How else did syphilis happen? I think that's exactly how syphilis happened. Uh, It was celebrated largely in Catholic countries on what would now be March 19th in conjunction with St. Joseph's Day, because Joseph was the husband of Mary. But he wasn't even the father. (laughs) Maury told us. (laughs) Oh my God, that would be hilarious. I mean, Maury's old. He might have been around for this. Maury's not that old actually uh maury is 2033 years old he was there he was there um you you never really grew up watching Maury. like that wasn't one of your sick day shows it was not you've watched maury as an adult though yes i have actually i've never watched him i've just watched clips of maury you have no idea how much less trashy it is than it used to be what they used to have entire episodes where is it a man or a woman and they would have a bunch of drag queens and transgender uh, trans women come out and basically perform burlesque dances. And then the audience like had to vote on whether it was a man or a woman. That's 90s. That's definitely like that is a very 90s sentence. That is a very 90s thing. Nobody knew in the 90s that that was I mean, yes, they agreed to do it, but they're also paid. Um, and. I honestly kind of like Maury. Like, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who doesn't change with the times and realize that things are wrong. And I want—I would love to know what he feels about that now. So, Maury, tweet us. Let us know how you feel about I know, it's like, I feel He might not want to be associated with us. We are sponsored by North Korea. <laughs> North Korea, where we know who men and women are. It's North Korea, where we know who the father is. And that father is Kim Il-sung, the glorious leader, who is not dead and was raised by unicorns. And he is a big proponent of Father's Day. Huge, huge proponent, because he is everybody's father. So the first Father's Day celebration was in 1908, the same year Mother's Day became a commercial holiday. Now, I was going to make a joke about how the men got jealous, but then I read a little farther down that paragraph, and even I can't publicly make a joke about this. I'm glad you said this, because I was about to make that exact same joke. Because it was in memory of the biggest mine explosion in U.S. history. Oh. And they were like, let's celebrate the men and especially the dads who died in that. Um, and even I can't make a joke publicly out of that. No. No, that's, that's a tragedy. And privately, I'd probably struggle to. Yeah, this might be a thing we can't say in Ikea. Um, but... We can, like, there are, of course, a lot of jokes about how men can't let women have things. But men actually didn't want Father's Day. (laughs) What? They were like, we don't want this. Not because of any, like, feminist reason or because women deserve their own holiday, but because uh, since Mother's Day came first, this is clearly a girly, effeminate holiday, and we don't want to be seen as gay people. It's like... How, wait, 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 wait. Like, a day celebrating the fact that you have, like, you have evidence that you've had sex with a woman is too gay. 
Yes. And now we are not saying that gay people cannot be parents no. uh, biologically or otherwise, but we're talking about 1908. Yeah. This. Oh my God. It's like, we're talking about back then when you had to at least pretend to be straight. Ugh. 19, 1908. Uh, so it was held off for a long time uh, because toxic masculinity was ruining the party. On the other hand, though, there actually were men who believed that fatherhood was not as worthy of celebration as motherhood because men got to live full lives and women were confined to the home. So that was the other side of the argument against it. That was being raised by men. It's like, it's like no, we just, our wives deserve a holiday because this is all they get. All they get is wake up, take care of the kids and me, go to sleep. That is all they get. Well, I get to go out and socialize and I get to go I get to go to work and then go to the bar and then go yeah. bowling and then Which I mean, it's fairly progressive for the early 1900s. Then yell at cars with people. I'm trying to figure out what early 1900s men do. Um carry buckets with their lunches. Yeah. It's like I've got to go rivet this skyscraper together. In 1909, uh, Mother's Day wasn't officially a holiday and only commercial one. There was still one person who decided there should be an equivalent for dads. This was not a man. This was a woman named Sonora Smart Dot, who had been raised by a widower. Uh, he'd been widowed twice. He had six kids. Sonora, I believe, was his oldest, and she was the only girl. Uh, his name was William Jackson Smart. And by all accounts, he was the parent. He did not expect Sonora, despite being the girl, to be the mother. He, ex- he raised his kids. Uh, her dad, he's an interesting fella. He was enlisted in the Union Army out of Arkansas. Oh. Which was a... <gasps> Confederate state. Confederate state. But do you want to know how he managed that? How did he manage that? He was in the Confederate Army, was taken as a prisoner of war, and said, I'll join you guys if you don't make me a prisoner. And they were like, cool, bro. And he fought for the Union. (laughs) He really did not care which side he was fighting on as long as he was like making a paycheck here, basically. It's like, listen, I'm just in this for the money and the joy of murder. Uh, He actually was, at least for the Confederates, uh, driving supply wagons. Oh. Uh, And Sonora herself was actually a member of the United Daughters of the Confederacy and the Daughters of Union Veterans. (laughs) Which makes me think, we definitely didn't learn about that in school. The idea that people could, A, join the other side from, a, from like, they could switch states. Or B, that POWs were even given the opportunity to just join. I bet he's not the only one. No. <laughs> so Sonora came up with this idea to have the holiday while she was at a Mother's Day celebration. And she was like, my mom's dead. And so is the other, the mom and some of my siblings. Because, uh, you know, two wives. He was twice my dad. My dad raised us. My dad was our caregiver in addition to just, like, he didn't hire a nanny. He didn't, he he raised them, which, think about this. This is Confederate era. This is, this is. Uh, this was Reconstruction. This was, oh, God. I've already forgotten her. This was the, the never go hungry curtain dress lady. Times. Gone with the wind. Gone with the wind. Yeah, this was a time when people would just put their kids in orphanages because they were inconvenient. And instead, this guy is raising six kids on his own and not expecting his daughter to be the mom. Oh, wow. This is like, is this like the prequel series to uh, Full House? Uh, I don't think he had two guys living with him in San Francisco. Uh, he um, He had his Uncle Joseph and his, oh, no. No. Jesse was a name back then. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm trying to think of an old-fashioned way to say Jesse. 
But yeah, br- Jesse. Jesse was the name. Yep. Yeah, I would guess Joey was too. Yeah. Um. So she's at this Mother's Day celebration, celebration, and so she went to the Spokane because they were in Washington at this point. Although the Arkansas place they had lived was a coal farm, not a coal mine, but a coal farm where basically they would go out into the field and be like, look, here's some coal and pick it. It was actually making a lot of money. And it later became one of the most successful coal mines, like period. They should not have left. Wait, so it was a coal farm? So did they wait to harvest until the coal was as high as the elephant's eye? Yeah, Joe. The silence is deafening. At least pretend to laugh. It was, I was trying to catch up with the joke, honestly. <laughs> um, so she I made an Oklahoma joke. You should have gotten it. Oh, Oklahoma. (laughs) She went to the Spokane Ministerial Association and the YMCA, which agreed to do a joint Sunday celebration in June. She said, how about June 5th, which was her father's birthday? But they were like, "Mm, that's too soon. Let's do the second Sunday. So they could actually have time to prepare their sermons for this. It was on June 19th, 2010, the first ever Father's Day. Other than the one for the minors, which was not officially a Father's Day. It was more like a let's cry a lot day. Presents were delivered to handicapped fathers. Boys decorated lapels with red roses for living fathers and white roses for dead fathers. And the homilies at the churches around the city were all about fatherhood. Also, guys, the Bible is like, hey, don't be a shit dad. It yeah. says that more than once. Other than when it's like, hey, kill your kid. That's another yeah. thing it says. It's, <laughs> be a good father. But unless, also. In, unless you're Isaac. Be a good father unless God tells you to kill your kid, in which case you should just do it. Yeah. Wait, was it Isaac who killed the kid? Or I think was Isaac going was to? the kid. I think Isaac was the kid. And of course, then of course, it's like, be a good kid. Except, oh boy, you're honor not going to be happy with what I did to honor my Honor thy son. father and mother. So when your dad comes at you with a pickaxe, just be like, yes, please. Yes. The Bible yes, is daddy. The bi- <laughs> Never use that word. Oh my God. The- the worst thing about Father's Day for me is all of like the unwisely used things that's, things that say daddy on them where people <laughs> don't realize that that has a different meaning now. I don't think I ever used that word growing up. It was always dad. Oh god, they'll see stuff like written with daddy on it. Like there's a book that we just got through the library that was Rocky Mountain Daddy. <laughs> yeah. It was a Christian book, right? It was. <laughs> Um, and also the city publicized it like crazy, and the idea got all the way back to Washington, D.C. Ooh, from Washington to Washington. Yeah. Sonora even got a letter from William Jennings Bryan, which I'm sure is a name that vaguely Ugh. rings a bell, uh, from Nebraska. He was called the Great Commoner. He also hated evolution and was a major part of the Scopes trial. But that's a story for another day. In fact, um, anyway, he was in support of Father's Day, and that helped Sonora get some attention on the national level, and she spent literally the rest of her life trying to get it to be a national holiday. So yeah, William Jennings Bryan. Oh, good. Another... (laughs) He was against... He didn't believe in evolution, but I guess he believed in the evolution of the role of fathers. (laughs) So 1916, six years after all this, Woodrow Wilson and his family observed it. Oh. They're like, we are celebrating hol- we are celebrating this holiday okay, it's in the kind of, It's kind of weird that Woodrow Wilson's like, all right, we're having Father's Day, but we already have President's Day. It's like, I get two days, I'm the president. Did we have President's Day yet? When did that start? I don't know. It's like, it started, I think it started with the first mattress sale. <laughs> 
If any mattress companies would like to sponsor us, we are happy okay, to promote first your of President's all, Day like, sales. And they even have mattresses, I'm sure, in parts of North Korea. Like, famously, there are no mattress companies that sponsor podcasts. Famously. I have never heard of one. Famously. What, what next? Some sort of meals that are ready to cook? Or, or diet or, plans that say they use psychology, but either Austin or I could get hired as your therapist for it? Or, like, maybe, like, some sort of, like, web development or web hosting thing? Yeah, yeah. Some sort of, like, uh, I, uh, like I want to say, like, a rectangular space on your monitor. Yeah, I feel like podcasts just don't get any sponsors whatsoever. Like, where am I going to get my online therapy? I don't know because they won't tell us. Yeah, it's like someone should get on that because, like, someone had better help us out here. (laughs) Well done. Well done. Um, In addition, though, to celebrating on his own, back to Woodrow Wilson. (laughs) Noom is just moon spelled backwards. M-O-O-N, and that That spells spells Tom. Um, He also, this is cool. Okay, Um, I wanted to cover telegraphs and telegrams for a long time. And it's actually really complicated because I have to go through the entire history of long distance communication. (laughs) It starts with a man running real fast. Uh, Actually, yeah. (laughs) No! And there are birds and mirrors and the sun. Now it sounds like you're just doing some bad stage magic. David Blaine. I wish I had David Blaine money. Yeah, me too. But I'm actually actively afraid of magicians. Austin will tell you. <laughs> it's bigger than my fear of clowns. I get really scared and angry at magicians. I've been so afraid to tell her that there are some clowns that are also magicians. Oh no, I know it. I don't want to talk about it. Um, But this is cool. So... On the day they were celebrating it in 1916, Woodrow Wilson pushed a button in D.C. that sent a, like, message through a telegraph that opened a flag in Spokane. That's kind of awesome. I know, right? Um, And then three years later, uh, Sonora's dad died. So he never oh. saw an official Father's Day on the national level. Then eight years later, Calvin Coolidge signed his approval of the day saying it was, quote, to establish more intimate relations between fathers and their children, and to impress upon fathers the full measure of their obligations. In other words, Ooh. hey, raise your damn kids. It's like, yeah. And this is another instance where if you place father with daddy, things get creepy. Oh my, I was just thinking that. To establish more intimate relations between daddies and their children, to impress upon daddies the full measure of their obligations. <laughs> It's like, uh, it's, excuse me, Daddy, you've got some obligations. I need nice things. Do you understand the full measure of your obligations, Daddy? Ew! ew oh, God! Ew, ew! No! So, on um, this Father's Day, I want you to replace every time you see father with the word daddy and have a awful have day. Have a horrible day. Because that's what we're going to be doing, and you need to suffer alongside us. Uh, then the Great Depression and World War II happened. Good times. In the 1920s and early 30s, there had actually been a movement to get rid of both Mother's and Father's Day and combine them into one holiday that celebrated both parents simultaneously, Um, in part because people were like, hey, uh, both parents deserve respect, and although that should happen every day, if we're going to have a holiday, we both spent about five minutes making you, so can we just, like, share this together? Five minutes? Someone's being generous. (laughs) And 
also they're like, this is getting really commercial and expensive. Can we just not? Oh yeah, because like it's like, listen, this is two holidays. I have right to buy after each other. Two cards, two presents. Can we just turn them into one card, one present, please? Um, which is what every parent has said to their children born in December. Yeah, and they were also the Austin Austin's birthday is in December. I'm not bitter. Not bitter. Although Austin will tell you he doesn't understand why people get mad when their presents are wrapped in Christmas paper because it doesn't matter what time of year is it is, chances are that's the only paper people have. Yeah. <laughs> and also, your gift got wrapped? That's a bonus. Yeah, I think um the last gift I gave you was in a paper bag. Uh no, it was in a cardboard box because it was my red string board. Oh yeah. You didn't even put a bow on it. You were just I, like, here you go. And it actually said on the outside corkboard. Thank you, Amazon. <laughs> hey, they tell you. It actually has a thing on there that says like, this is going to not, this is going to give away what it is. And I am the one who had to bring in the delivery of it. <laughs> anyway, um, they also wanted to lower the commercial value of both of the holidays by combining them into one so that they could focus on the let's hang out as a family aspect, not the give us presents aspect. Then the Great Depression hit. This caused retailers to be like, oh shit, we need to sell stuff. Father's Day is a real thing now, guys. It wasn't. And we always talk, like all these articles about Father's Day written by dads who are like, it's not the 1950s. I don't want a necktie, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that wasn't the 50s. That was the 1930s and the Great Depression. Because these are the things that dad needs but won't buy for himself. Because even though they are essential to his daily life, they are an unnecessary expense. I, oh man, that makes it like extra insulting. Like now for like modern parents, it's like, here's a tie. It's like, I I work at Taco Bell. Like the most common thing that I saw that dads want now is to hang out with their kids. Like that's, that's what they're saying. What they really want is, to is a PlayStation alone. five that they can play with their kids. Yeah. Uh, so it was next neckties, pipes, sports shit, anything that was traditionally manly. That's what got pushed. And they actually called it, a second Christmas just for men. <laughs> because y'all need your own Christmas. <laughs> this is man Christmas. A second Christmas just for daddies. Oh, God. This is going to become a running joke for us. Sorry. And No, I'm, I'm for it, but oh boy. Honestly, it grosses me out this so is a, this is a This is an arms race you started, tying in my episode. An arms race? An arms race. Like the place that, uh, the stuff that men store in their man caves? Their <laughs> arms. And it's their right to bear ones, so they have them like up on taxidermy bear arms. I always thought arms race was like the wheelbarrow race where the guy's running on his arms while someone pushes him. I always thought that wheel race, like if we're talking about that kind of arms race, I always thought it was racing to see who could hide their wheelbarrow full of severed arms from the police first. We had very different upbringings. <laughs> it's because I watched Bambi. I know how the word <laughs> world really works. Okay, are you sure you watched Bambi and someone didn't just put, like, the Saw tape in the Bambi case? Um, I mean, Saw hadn't been made yet, to my knowledge. Uh, maybe a time traveler brought you a videotape of Saw. I've actually never seen Saw. You don't see Saw? I don't see Saw. I'm not Dwight Schrute. <laughs> or Moe's. World War II made Father's Day grow even deeper roots. Again, commercialism, but also, if you don't split, if you don't participate in father's day you don't support the troops because you know how many of them are someone's so they turned it into an issue of um, aggressive patriotism then nothing until 1966 
when Lyndon Johnson signed an executive order naming it a holiday to be celebrated on the third Sunday in June. It is still not a national holiday. It is just, you know, one of those holidays that isn't real, but can be printed on calendars if you want. Like Arbor Day. Arbor Day. The day where we celebrate the trees that I'm allergic to. Pop quiz. What month is Arbor Day in? I actually, believe it or not, I was reading about Arbor Day earlier. Arbor Day is in May. That sounds right. I don't know for sure either. Because nobody knows when Arbor Day is without having to look it up first. Well, you never, like, the trees are like the Spanish Inquisition. You don't know when they're coming. They're right. Okay, trees are very tall. They're very hard. And they can come at you with a moment's notice. Seriously, like... Respect your trees. I mean, you never know which tree is going to be an ant or is going to get really mad at you for picking apples and then throw apples at you from itself. Yeah. It is tearing off its own skin to throw at you. Never trust a tree. Never. The chances of being killed by a tree are small. But they're not zero. Never zero. Never. Seriously, they look up when Arbor Day is. My other thought was July. We need to get our Googles in here so we can like just shout out questions at it as we go. April 28th. Oh, it's almost May. Oh, and more importantly, um, this, uh, I looked up, when is Arbor Day? And it says Friday, April 28th. Arbor Day, 2023, in Nebraska. <laughs> I don't know why okay, Google Nebraska. didn't tell me it was in Nebraska. Nebraska, you have been warned. Next the trees year, are coming, the trees Nebraska. are coming for you. Oh my gosh, it's when uh, Burnham Wood moves to On Nebraska. On its way to Yeah. Dunsinay-Nebraska. It's coming through Nebraska this time. Yeah, guys, uh, Nebraskans, 2023, not the year to say Macbeth. Arbor Day coming 2023. Oh my god, can we please make that movie? It'll like okay. Is it is it gonna be a horror movie or is it gonna be like that new like that Valentine's Day movie that was awful? Yes, give me both. So it's gonna be like an anthology of of way too many celebrities, but also a horror movie where the stories kind of intersect, but not really. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like it. So moving on from Lyndon Johnson, Jesus. Okay, there was nothing again. Until 1972, six years later, when Nixon passed an act making it a national holiday officially. Sonora was still alive at the age of 90. So she actually did get to see it become a national holiday before she died six years later. So bitch lived until almost 1980. Wow. She spent her fucking life trying to get her dad honored, which frankly... I mean, I don't know if this guy had more Confederate or Union tendencies, although he did move to Washington State, which makes me think he was probably a little more Union and just trying to race, yeah. like trying to, it goes back to the whole no one's truly good or bad except for Hitler thing. Yeah. And even then, like baby Hitler, I don't have anything against baby Hitler. I mean, that's like, I'm guessing like it was, I bet he moved to Washington. I bet he had a beard and he started a craft brewery, I'm assuming. Like if Hitler had gotten the chance to move to Washington State, maybe he would have been fine. Yeah. They, mean, like wa- they like artists in Washington. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, we're not- also we're also brought to you by the Washington Tourism Board. Washington, <laughs> we're not North Korea. <laughs> we are not though brought to you by Hitler. North Korea even says fuck Hitler. Yeah. Actually, I have no idea how North Korea feels about I, Hitler. Yeah, I've not looked up any of their opinions on stuff. Usually, they're just too mad at America and everywhere that's not North Korea. Yeah. Um, it's not that it wasn't celebrated in the interim, though. It was still being used to emotionally manipulate people into spending unnecessary money, uh, not just during Great Protection and World War II, although uh, it really didn't stop. 
it was always be like, dad, we appreciate you. Here's an ashtray I made you at school. Cause remember we were kids. We could still make ashtrays for our dads oh, at school. Yeah. It's, it was like, I remember like Father's Day was like, well, this is what I made in art class this week. I guess it's a Father's Day present now. Oh my God. And that's another thing too. Like, this is why I'm doing this guys is if your kids have to participate in a holiday thing at school, they should know what the fucking holiday is. And also Father, Father's Day, Mother's Day, both of them are regressive at this point. Yeah. I'm not saying, you know, that to be politically correct. I'm saying that as someone who had a dead dad growing up. But I'll get into that at the end a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Um, today, it is celebrated in countries all around the world. Some just get down to it and have Parents Day like South Korea. South Korea. Just not south of North, North Korea. Korea. <laughs> I actually have no idea what North Korea does. I don't know if North Korea does anything. I'm assuming they just celebrate the fatherland and the illustrious leader who remains alive by the He's power of the unicorns. Not dead. Um, South Korea, we love you. Yeah, the unicorn thing is real, by the way. We're not making this up. I said South Korea. South Korea, we like you more. It's literally the future there. Yeah, seriously. Austin and I have talked, like, if we were going to move to another country, South Korea is on the list. Yeah, it's lo- like real high up. You know what's not on the list? North Korea. No. North Korea doesn't actually sponsor us. Just because I know there's somebody out there who will think we're serious. Yeah. Um, granted, they've probably stopped listening by now. We've probably gotten a review saying they're sponsored by North Korea. North Korea does not sponsor American podcasts, guys. Unless they are Dennis Rodman's, they don't want to listen to it. Yeah. And, oh God, do you think North Korea is secretly Squarespace? I think North Korea is secretly Noom. <gasps> that makes sense. That makes sense. Or maybe they secretly make the mattresses that are never, ever advertised on podcasts because they want to make sure Americans are asleep and don't see it coming. That's true. If they can sleep well, they're going to get soft. Meanwhile, we sleep on rocks like Raven Simone. That's true. And I would do it. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast. Raven Simone literally sleeps on a mattress made of crushed amethyst gems. Yes, and her wife uh, sleeps wife on a mattress. Hates it. <laughs> I would sleep on a mattress of crushed amethyst gems. It's like the opposite of the princess and the pea. <laughs> I feel like I would never have to exfoliate my back again. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, I was trying to go through a list of what countries do on Father's Day, and there's a lot of influence by Western cultures. Or there were a lot of, like, very religious things or, like, just some really sweet things that I was like, this is not amusing, except for the French and the Germans. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you want to hear about first? <laughs> you know, let's hear – okay, I'm just playing to, like, everything I know about these countries. Let's start with France and then move to Germany because Germany is usually just a little bit wilder than France. They are very different in this case. Uh, in France, Flaminier, a lighter manufacturer, like, shh, go want your cigarette – Decided the country needed Father's Day. So they suggested Le Chette de Paris, I don't speak French, with the slogan, Nos papas nous l'ont dit pour la fête de Paris, ils desterent tout un flamineur. That's French! Wow, a second Joey quote. Um, yeah. Tout la fruit. Our, um, okay. And this is actually the translation. This is not me making a daddy joke. This is actually what they what it translates to. <sighs> okay, I've braced myself. Braced. Our daddies told us for Father's Day, they want all they all want a Fleminier. <gasps> Our daddies told us for Father's Day, they all want a Fleminier. Oh. Yeah, uh, Father's Day was an unabashed publicity stunt to sell lighters, and it worked. 
the national holiday came about and the Father's Day committee was choosing a dad to somehow win a prize, which I assume was more lighters. But yeah, it really was. Uh, the, the prize was he got lit on fire. Uh, it's prize, a very dark like, twist. This was literally a publicity stunt to, stel- to sell lighters that, has, that started a holiday that lasts until this day. <laughs> I don't know if this lighter brand still exists, but I would absolutely want one. Um, and then there's Germany. Uh, I kind of respect this, what they're doing here. Okay, so yeah, I, I, I chose wisely. Uh, they celebrate Wachertag on Ascension Day, the Thursday, 40 days after Easter. Groups of guys, like teenagers and up, do a hiking tour with wagons called Bullerwagen, which are full of wine and beer and regional foods. Essentially, though, that just means they are getting really drunk while hiking. It's not an official holiday. Uh, it, but it's so full of drinking, and the religious component is basically gone. Now, Ascension, which is the, you know, th- it's a Thursday, is a national holiday, and they get the day off work. So they spend all of that day getting shwasty, apparently in the woods with a bunch of other guys. They got a wagon full of beer and a, sausage? A wagon full of beer, wine, and sausage. This is the best holiday. They get wasted and it's just assumed you're taking the next day off and having a four-day weekend. I love this holiday. Yeah, this is how you do Father's Day, Mother's Day, Arbor Day. Okay, um, uh, bold choice happening right now. Uh, Germany? You just passed South Korea on the list of countries you'd move to. Bravo. This podcast is now brought to you by Germany. Bravo. It's like uh, beer, wine, sausage, and Volkswagen. We are no longer sponsored by North Korea, and we shared the same opinion on Hitler as Germany does, which is, fuck Hitler, love Germany. Yeah. Um, And then Russia needs to come in and ruin the party. Oh, they always do. They call it Defender of the Fatherland Day or Men's Day. I didn't okay. go any deeper than that. I feel like it's good because that felt I, I felt some incel energy radiating off of this. Uh, as of 2019, Mother's Day was the fourth highest spending holiday and Father's Day was the seventh. Back to college is apparently a holiday and number one, sadly, the Super Bowl is number 10. Uh, Arbor Day was not on the list. Well, I mean, what are you going to buy your trees? They've got sunlight. They've got water. Um... The ritual sacrifices so they don't come after you. Nebraska, what have you been doing wrong? Nebraska, like, have you not been leaving out bowls of milk for your elves? Have you not been husking enough corn to appease the corn gods that run the trees? It's like, I feel like the Nebraska corn huskers, which I think is a co- college football team. Yes. Uh, well, it's a college the, mascot. The No, the corn god is mad that your team plays football when they could be spending those hours uh, husking corn for the corn god. Yeah, and using those corn husks to create fertilizer for the trees. Yeah. Nebraska, See, this is why the trees are coming yeah. for you this Arbor Day. It's on you, it's, it's on you and, and you. But I, I don't think that's what they are. I'm calling it, I that's think what they are. Yeah, it's like University of Nebraska-Lincoln, University of Nebraska-Omaha, so it's UNL and UNO. You know? Um, Uno! Yeah, I'm gonna need you to draw four. Uh, reverse. Reverse. <gasps> Uh, Halloween, though, was number nine, just so you know. So it did beat out the Super Bowl. Not by much, but it did. Americans spend about $200 a piece on Mother's Day and $140 a piece on Father's Day. So dads are, you know, for once getting paid less for a hard day's work. 
As of 2020, the most common gift for dads was clothing, followed by gift cards. Men wanted gift cards, not clothing. Please stop body shaming your dads. Yeah. Father's Day is not the time for inspiration clothing. He knows that his pants don't fit as well as they did last year. Get, okay, this Father's Day, get him a mesh crop top. This Father's, he what he really wants. If you want to get him, get him some clothing, get him some suspenders. Suspenders are nice, yeah. non-offensive ways of keeping up your pants. You don't have, like, because a belt, you could get the size wrong, but suspenders, you can't get the size wrong. Or get him a novelty cap about fishing. Those are so nice. One of those wallfish that sings. Oh, yeah. Um, anything with the word golf or beer, those also are acceptable gifts. Because fathers all like the same things and are all into all super into toxic masculinity. Yeah, it's like they just want to uh, drink beer, watch the game, grill meats, and be wrong about what a video game is called. And how um, pregnancies work. It's like it just goes shooting out of there and it's like a ski ball. And like, can't you just pop out the ectopic pregnancy and put it into the uterus? I fail to see the problem here. Okay, guys, seriously though, your dad, based on the articles I read, they don't want this stereotypical toxic masculinity dad shit. They want to spend time with you. Now, if, so we're not saying call your dad because if your dad is not someone you feel safe calling, not somebody you have a relationship with, or in my case, that means going to Lilydale and talking to some spiritualists and I don't have the money to go to New York right now. Listen, uh, we have a Ouija board. <laughs> my dad is buried right up the street. We we. This would piss him off so much. Like, first of all, he was like, "Mm, not so sure about this afterlife thing. But even if it worked, even I go up there with the Ouija board and I'm like, dad, talk to me. He'll be come down. And he's like, I was busy. I was playing some cards with my friends and some celebrities I like. And I was smoking with no consequences. Come on. Um, to be clear, my dad was awesome, and I wish he was still here for us to forget about Father's yeah. Day in a way that makes us feel bad, uh, just like we do with Arbor Day and all other holidays where we're supposed to honor people and trees. Um, so yeah, my dad genuinely was a good guy, but he also enjoyed a good joke. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, my father like hated Father's Day because we never got the gifts exactly right. He is like the worst gift receiver on the planet. Like... We got him the wrong weight of fishing pole, and he threw a tantrum about it. Like, every time he got a present, it was the wrong present, and he'd be mad about it and throw it fit. Until, like, years ago, we actually all sat down as a family and told him, we are no longer buying you presents. And he said, that's fair. (laughs) Yeah, um... For the first while we were together, Austin was not a good gift receiver. Like, he was not complaining. He would not be like, this is the wrong thing. He just didn't really know how to receive a gift. He'd be like, I don't know what's happening right now. Why am I getting a present that is not utilitarian? Yeah, it's like, this is something fun. What's happening? Yeah. Um, But now, uh, my mom will even tell you, he is the most fun person on earth to buy gifts for because he genuinely appreciates anything you get him. Even if he doesn't know what it is, he'll figure it out later and find a way to use it somehow. Like his favorite t-shirt is one from my mom that makes no sense. And he's like, this is the best shirt ever. It's so comfortable and it's absurd, which I feel encapsulates me. Comfortable and absurd. (laughs) Um, So yeah, if you have a relationship with your dad, then it makes you want to spend, that makes you want to celebrate Father's Day. Consider giving him your time. 
If that's not possible, the most common thing dads say they want, 40% of dads want gift cards. So send him a gift card to whatever place he likes. Kohl's. Uh, send along that Kohl's cash with you, too. Okay. Ooh. It's like, here's a... It's like, be careful, though. Like, don't give him, like, a gift card to Circuit City. Circuit City's gone. But or block... There, <gasps> Actually, give him a Blockbuster gift card. It's in Oregon. But I don't understand what happened to Circuit City. Because, like, their service was state-of-the-art. Yeah. Uh, and there's just one last thing I need to add in here. Father's Day is not the same thing as Inter- International Men's Day. International Men's Day is a thing that exists. What? Oh, yeah. Um, but but I, then what are the NSLs going to complain about on International Women's Day now? It's been around for a long-ass time. Are you saying that they didn't bother to do any cursory research before they got mad on the internet? But I really wanted to... I, I, I clicked on it. I wasn't really going to talk about it. But then I found this quote from Wikipedia that made me literally laugh out loud while sitting on my computer. So, quote... Unlike International Women's Day, March 8th, International Men's Day is not officially recognized by the United Nations, which observes National Toilet Day on November 19th. (laughs) Hey, just like toilets, men are also full of shit. We should be celebrated too. (laughs) Like, in theory, the idea of International Men's Day is to talk about issues that largely affect men, and there are some, like prostate cancer or the fact that men get breast cancer and nobody will talk about it. Um, the fact that men are raised to behave certain ways that like we, we grew up with a lot of guys who were afraid to be the sweet guys they were because they'd go home and their dads would be nasty about it. Yeah. Like there are issues that face men that women don't face, but that is not how international men's day works for most people. Usually it's, we are better than women. Let's discuss how. Um, so like I said earlier, that, that is father's day. Um, there's not a whole lot to it, but Sonora did a nice job of getting that taken care of. Um, that's our feed the cats alarm. They'll live. Cause I got to make up some questions on the fly here. Ooh. Uh, will this fact that the first ever father's day was celebrated to, uh, memorialize a bunch of dead miners, not children, but guys who worked in a mine. Uh, although some of them were also miners. Um, <laughs> will that be on the test? <laughs> It won't be on the test because we cannot admit that there were ever industrial incidents. Now get to work, kids. We can't improve safety ever. Will the fact that a woman uh, campaigned for her entire life for Father's Day be on the test? Yes, it will. Will the fact that there are people who fought on both the Confederacy and Union sides of the war be on the test? I think maybe. I don't know. This like gets into that whole... like. I don't know. Like, that's a tough one. I think, yeah, that'll be on the test. Will the fact that what your dad, by and large, really wants from you on Father's Day is to hang out with you. Yeah, that will be on the test. But then it'll also be ignored. Will the fact that you're under no obligation to have a relationship with your father if he is toxic or has harmed you in some way be on the test? That should be on the test. Mm -hmm. You know what? That will be on the test because I wrote this test. And will the fact that it is not a political correctness correctness issue to get this out of the schools be on the test? Yes. It's like, and like, I was going to talk about that more. I am somebody who, my dad died when I was 12. I personally never had hurt feelings by Father's Day stuff, by daddy-daughter dances. None of that bothered me. Um, The only thing that bothered me was not long after he died, being forced to write for Father's Day a, I believe it was for Father's Day, a letter, a an essay, that's the word, um, for the Kansas City Royals about why my father is the best father. 
Oh, that my is... dad had been dead for six months, maybe. Oh, that's painful. And I'm not the only person in my class who was having issues with their father for one reason or another. The teachers knew about these. So a couple of my friends who were in similar situations, along with a couple of our supporters, went to the teacher and said, hey, we're not refusing to do the assignment, but can we get an alternate assignment? We will write about anything else. We'll write about our moms, like whatever you want. And she said, no, you have to do this assignment. We were not given a choice. And that does hurt. Um, and then you've got the kids whose dads died, whose dads ran out, whose dads are incarcerated, whose dads were abusive. Same goes for moms. Same goes for any- grandparents, for anybody. Um, so why don't we just have like one single, like write a nice letter to a grown up in your life day? Yeah, that'd that be will- great. I did that with my uh, students. It was write a nice letter to someone who works in the school. It could be a teacher, a custodian, a cafeteria worker. Uh, it was anonymous. And I had teachers and even like non-teachers who come to me and like, I don't know who wrote these letters, but they made me feel so good. Uh, And the kids know, and it was also to teach the kids, like, don't expect praise for doing the right thing. Although there were a couple of times where the teachers would look at a kid and like wink at them and give them candy because they'd figured out who it was. But (laughs) I did verify A, that they were always appropriate and B, that the kids had not signed them. But I graded them simply, they would hand them in and I would put a check mark next to their name. That's how I graded it. I'd never graded them on grammar or spelling. And I would just glance over the letters after I'd shuffled them up. Like, really? Because I didn't want the kids to feel embarrassed or anything like that. Yeah. Because it's not my business, like, what their teacher helped them through. No. So, yeah. um, Instead of doing Mother's Day, Father's Day, have, like, a – write a nice letter to an underappreciated adult in your life day. Yes. That sounds great. Because I feel like an underappreciated adult who wants a nice letter. You're an adult? Allegedly. (laughs) All right. So, where can people find us? Well, they can find us on Twitter at OnTheTestPod. On Facebook at facebook.com slash on the test pod, on Instagram at on the test pod, on TikTok at on the test pod, and our website on the test pod.com. Yes, I have been doing a lot of work on the website. Hopefully, right now you're coming to a landing page that just says coming soon, assuming everything is working correctly. That's what it's been showing me. Um, but the main issue is the platform I was using does not transfer to WordPress. Uh, the plugin that was built to transfer it does not work. Oh, no. And so I'm having to individually move every single transcript, every single page, copy, paste, edit, every little bit by hand. It's true. I see her downstairs. She's got her like big like bottle of ink and her quill. She's in candlelight. She's writing out everything. She's illuminating the text. And I'm it's doing, gorgeous. I'm doing it hurriedly with a clock in front of me. And he keeps asking, like, why are you writing like you're running out of time? You just write day and night like you're running out of time. Well, I'm going to fight like I'm running out of time. Like I'm running out of time, which the cats are too. So we got to go. On that note, class, class dismissed. dismissed. And happy Father's Day to the non-shitty dads out happy there. Happy Father's Day.